Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. diamond. Experience! And welcome to episode number 20 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast for Monday, August 4th, 2014. I can't believe that we're already in the month of August and that we've made it to 20 episodes, which is pretty crazy. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully this podcast will bring you some sort of entertainment on your Monday or whenever you may be listening to this. First of all, I would like to thank all the listeners for downloading and listening to the show each and every week. It's it's pretty awesome that I've been able to make it to 20 episodes, and it's the way I look at it is if this show entertains one person each and every week, then it's definitely worth it. And I'd also like to thank all of the people that have come on as guests and you know let me interview them about their life or their career and so on and so forth. It's It's been a fun little adventure uh, that I've been able to go on. It's given me so much opportunity to meet new people, and it's it's just been a lot of fun. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Uh, pretty much the highlight of the week for me was the movie that everyone's been talking about, and that would be Guardians of the Galaxy, which had a monster opening weekend. I believe it made $94 million just in the United States alone. And I've been looking forward to this movie ever since the first trailer came out because it it had that different feel to it than the uh, superhero movies that have come out lately. Like I, I love the Dark Knight trilogy, but... At the same time, it's kind of made every superhero movie follow a pattern of having to be super dark and gritty, whereas this movie is more comedic and lighthearted, and it is just a fun, fun summer movie. And the fact that Marvel took such a big risk with such an unknown uh, property of theirs, and it really paid off big, it's such a fun movie. I could not recommend it enough. It's... It reminds me a lot of an 80s sci-fi film with the mix of score and you know, 70s or 80s rock music. I think I was smiling pretty much the whole time as it was going on. I mean, the cast was great. Uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, for being CG, complete CGI characters, they had a lot of life in them, and whoever did the effects for that did a very, very good job. And I highly recommend that you go see it. Uh, as soon as you can, because th- this movie is taking off huge, and it's it's just nice to see a different type of franchise, because everybody knows your Captain Americas, your Spider-Mans, and all those other characters, but to take an unknown and make it into as big of a hit as it's already been it is fantastic. It-, it even has a little bit of a Star Wars feel to it, which is pretty awesome. I mean, Star-Lord is kind of the... I'm not saying he's as good as Han Solo, but to me, he's the modern-day Han Solo now, and it's it's just great. I I can't say enough great things about it. Another thing I did, I actually spent a full day recording with the Unicorn Wranglers, who you may remember as being the very first guest I had on the show, and they will be returning next week on August the 11th. Uh, It will feature a new interview with Adam and Ian Waldron, who I interviewed last time, along with Brendan Karnick, their drummer, and their songwriter, uh, Travis Huffman. 
who was a surprise addition, but a very welcome surprise addition. And that, that was a lot of fun to do. And it'll also feature some behind the scenes of them recording their new album, Murder Mystery Night, which I believe will be coming out in the fall. But that's really about it. I mean, I was kind of sick yesterday. I spent most of the day in bed, which was not fun, but I think that's more of a lack of sleep than anything. But moving on to my guest this week is someone that I met back in January at a filmmaker's meet and greet, which I believe I have mentioned that meet and greet several times on the show. Uh, Her name is Michelle Rhodes. She is in the Actor Factor, and she's done some other work as well, which you're about to find out. Um, I did this interview about a month ago, and what's interesting about it is when we were talking about the Actor Factor, we had mentioned uh, possibly getting someone to do behind-the-scenes footage, and this was before I really started working with them on a regular, semi-regular basis, and that's what I've ended up doing, so I thought that was kind of interesting that that came up. But this was honestly one of the more fun conversations that I've had on the show, because not only did we talk about, you know, her growing up around theater, uh, the actor factor, obviously, but also we talk about, you know, various pop culture things, and that that was just a lot of fun to do, and like I said, it was one of the more fun conversations that I've had on this show. So sit back and listen to this interview with Michelle Rhodes. Back on the Derek Diamond experience with my special guest this week from the Actor Factor series, Miss Michelle Rhodes. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, had to drive through a little bit of weather to get here, right? Yeah, that was a bit interesting, driving on the interstate and suddenly everyone's dropping to 40 miles an hour and <laughs> semis are swerving and it's, uh, and you always have that one person, you know, that's not slowing down, but decides instead to speed up and go over our carcasses to make it to the Yeah, I, I've never understood that. Like people, some will drive ridiculously slow in rain, but some will actually drive faster. But when it's not raining, they'll drive like 45. I have actually hydroplaned before. I'm not on the interstate, thank God. So I don't really want to do that again. I'm usually the ridiculously slow person. Well, it's better to be safe like that. Like we're, I'm actually looking out my window and the weather starting to make its way here. But uh, first thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, where are you from? I am from a small town here in the Panhandle called Defuniac Springs, Florida. It's about 7,500 people. You never see that many people, really. You see about 300 faces that just get recycled at different locations. <laughs> you pretty much see the same people every day, it seems like. Yeah. How many red lights does Defuniac Springs have? <sighs> Ah, let me count. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were going to ask me this question. I would have prepared like a list. Sometimes I just ask random things. If oh, like, thank it, you so much. <laughs> oh, usually if someone says something that I think is interesting, I'll try and elaborate on it. Is that really interesting? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a town with one red light. Oh, You're well, from a small town, so it's. I think we have like eight or nine. Okay, well, you definitely win then. So we are actually a town. Yeah. We have passed Hamlet stage, and we are in town, but not a city. I don't know if my town will ever make it out of the Hamlet phase, but that's another story for another time. Shakespeare's good. That's true. That's very true. Uh, What made you want to get into acting? I kind of just grew up with it. Um, My mom was heavily involved in community theater, so when I was a kid, I was around it all the time, and 
I did kids shows, and then when I became you know, a teenager, adult, I started doing plays at, at uh, the college in Niceville. Oh, okay. It's uh, Northwest Florida State. Now yeah, it was Okaloosa Walton College then, mm-hmm. and um, I just I just really love doing it. You get such a rush out of doing it. You get that connection with the audience and get to be any character you want. And it's yeah, just, it's a really amazing feeling. Yeah, I was talking about that with uh, with Marianne the other day, like comparing acting in a play or a theater compared to film on screen. And she was talking about how a different little, little it was. Different, yeah. 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 The acting on stage kind of leaves you really no margin for error. Whereas like with film, you can, if you forget something, you can stop and ask, you know, what your line's supposed to be. But with theater, you're just kind of up there and you got to memorize the whole thing and whatnot. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of forces you to do better. That's true. You know, because there's no margin for error, you go on and you learn your part. And even sometimes I would stand backstage and just be running lines in my head going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then I'd step outstage and like, da, 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 da. Thank you, Christ, I remembered my lines. You know, <laughs> so, and it works. So sometimes that, uh, that tension is actually a good thing. Uh, which do you prefer, acting on film or on stage? I like doing both. Um, I think I'm still more comfortable acting on stage it um acting on film is very fun and the fact that so many people can actually see it is both uh terrifying and exhilarating yeah Uh, but when you're acting on stage you have that immediate connection you can kind of feel the emotions change in the audience and you can play to that like you know, if you need if you need to change how you're going to say a line to to elicit a different reaction, you can do right. it in on the fly. Um, also, it's linear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story progresses in a linear fashion. Even when you're doing rehearsals, you'll usually say, "Okay, we're going to run Act One," and you'll start from the beginning and run through it. Unless you're just doing pickups with certain people. Right. I just did a short film uh, last year here in Pensacola, and. I got on set and I was laughing and joking with people and I knew some of the, the crew and I was talking with them. And then the first scene that we did was a scene that's just about in the middle of the script that my character is crying her eyes out in. And I just went, what? You know? <laughs> it's like you hear the brakes just screeching in your mm-hmm. head. So, um, so that's been a little strange getting used to that, but I think I'm getting better at it. Well, good. So what, uh, what would you say are some of your favorite films? Um, the Princess Bride. That's a good one. Uh, a lot of a lot of older films, actually. I like that one. I really enjoy the Indiana Jones movies, Star mm-hmm. Wars. You know, I'm I'm a huge geek. I love Gross Point Blank. It doesn't. I don't think matter. I've seen that one. Oh, you've got to see it. I'll you've write that down. What's What's it called again? Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank. Guy goes to his 10th year high school reunion and he is an assassin. <laughs> Sweet. That's pretty funny. It's it, very good. It was what, uh, you say you're a huge geek. What were, like, were you a big geek always growing up or is it something? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, what, yeah. what were some of the quote unquote nerdy things you were interested in? When I was a kid? Yes. I think I started out with Star Wars because the old ones were, I mean, they're, they're pretty safe, you know, if you get mm-hmm. blasted, but it's not such a huge thing. And plus they re-released them in the, the late 90s, yeah, I think. Yeah, and I actually went to see those in the theaters, but mm-hmm. I had seen the originals 
before that point. The unaltered ones. Yes, and yep. I actually found the DVDs. I think it's the last time they put the original unaltered version mm-hmm. on DVD, and I grabbed them, and I'm, yeah. I'm protecting those with my life right now <laughs> because I want the movie from my childhood. But that... Um, I grew up watching like uh, Sequest and Highlander and mm-hmm. these, these shows that they they're really prevalent, you know, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, Quantum I, Leap. Mm-hmm. Quantum Leap. Yeah, Quantum Leap's a good one. I remember uh, I ran into you at Pensacon and you had a Power Rangers. Uh, oh, oh yes, <laughs> that's that's when I was a really young kid. No, it's. I I still watch the old show from time to time, so it's okay. I want to find it. I think I need to get it on DVD. I want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Some some shows don't hold up, but that this one, this one it doesn't, but it's still great. <laughs> it, it's very very nineties, but it's great. I know. As soon as I go back and rewatch it, and I see Tommy like pull out the flute and call the yeah the dragon sword, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, ah! you know. Yeah, I uh, I actually met him at DragonCon oh, last year. He was awesome. I missed him. I was there, and I didn't get to see him or John Berriman or Yoan Griffith. or I Really? Missed, I missed so many people. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. So, John Berriman, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> please come back to DragonCon. <laughs> he, I, I know him mostly from Doctor Who, but he's also in Arrow, and I started watching it, and he's really, really good because he plays a – a completely different character. He's the main villain of season one. And, oh, that'd be different. And he's a he does a great job. He's really really good. I'm still catching up on my modern TV shows. Uh, I gotcha. I keep going back and watching old stuff, but I'm getting way behind. As long as I, I like, I'm trying to keep up with Game of Thrones, and I'm trying to finish out True Blood because the final season's out, and mm-hmm. those are the only two. I haven't gotten into either of those. I've heard nothing but great things about Game of Thrones, but. I have a love-hate relationship with Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't read any of the books. I, I've only know it through the series, and it just sucked me in from the beginning. But every time someone dies, I'm like, no. That seems to happen a Why? lot in that show. It does happen a lot. You do not sign a seven-year contract with that show. No. <laughs> it seems more like a seven-episode contract, it seems like. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I saw on the Pensacon uh, Facebook page the original Red Ranger is going to be at Pensacon this year. Jason's going to be there. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't know that. Yep. I did see that Michael Venus signed up. Yeah, I'm super stoked about that because I, I, I love the Terminator. I love the original yes. one, yes. And it's the 30th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. So, again, hoping they all show up at DragonCon, which hopefully I can go to. Yeah, I originally I wasn't going to go to DragonCon, and then I saw the name of Patrick Stewart you on the list. And You've I'm, never been before? I went last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I met uh, uh, Brent Spiner. Um, who else did I meet? I can't remember his name, but he played Q in the old Star Trek. John Next. Delancey. John Delancey, yeah. He was also in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, trying to remember the guy's name. The guy who played Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four. Yon Griffith. Yeah, he was there. He was super nice. I saw his Horatio Hornblower panel, so I did at least kind of get to see him from afar. Yeah. But I didn't get to... The one person that I regret not meeting was uh, James. Is it Marsters or Marsden from Buffy? Because I know I always get the two. Names. Yeah, I do too. Because one, I think it's Marsters. Marsters, yeah, I believe you're right. You know, he he was there, and I heard nothing but like really, really nice things about him. The first year I went to DragonCon back in 2007, I met him. Oh, really? Yeah, he and Juliet Lando both. Sweet. And uh, they were just both the nicest people. 
it's it's funny the people that play the villains oftentimes are that's usually going that's usually how it goes yeah yeah i wonder if the people that play the hero characters kind of get burned out from all the attention after a few years it's possible it's a yeah. theory i don't know oh, i i think it would be if i had any acting ability i think it'd be really fun to to play a villain mm. just because you'd get to act a way that you don't in real life oh, it's loads of fun Really, to do the evil eye at people and threaten their lives and not get arrested for it. So it's yeah, good times. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> when, when have you played a villain? The last play that I did um, was Richard III, and I got to play one of the evil henchman characters. It's mm-hmm. actually it's actually written for a man. A lot of parts have been, but um, Clint Maley, who does the most of the Shakespearean shows over at uh, NWFSC. He's really good at taking the male parts that don't have to be and making it a little more fair for the women and mm-hmm. passing more of us. But this character named Ratcliffe, and basically I got to back up this guy that's twice my age over a table and just kind of you know poke him in the chest, and it was it was fun. That's awesome. So, that that'd be so much fun to do. Yeah. We were running around in army uniforms and combat boots, and it was pretty badass. <laughs> sprinting up the hallway in like a 20 second run up a hallway that's an incline trying to get from one entrance to the other and yeah. i would probably pass out if i did that i'm extremely out I of shape in the best shape doing that show <laughs> yeah I, I i can imagine so it's just like okay heart stop pounding control your breathing and you're on yep breathe in for three out for three so on and so forth mm, if you're lucky yeah if you're lucky that's true what was the first film project you were involved with the first film project I was involved with was actually an independent film called The Links, which was actually filming in this area, um, I think it was two years ago now. It's directed by Tim Driscoll, and okay. it was it's a feature-length film. I believe it's out right now in at some film festivals. I'm not sure. But uh, that was it was a very short experience. I was only there for one evening. It was an extra. And it was a really, I had a really great time. It was a very comfortable set to work on. Everyone was really nice. That's actually how I met uh, Naraj Trivedi, who you've interviewed previously, and mm-hmm. uh, Carrie Hunter, who's kind of the linchpin in the Pensacola yeah. film scene, I think. Yeah, she, she's really cool. I've talked with her a few times, and she's, she's super great. nice. She's great, and she takes really good care of you, too, Yeah, on set. Yeah, she's... I've went to a couple of her uh, of her meet and greets she's done, which is actually where we, where we met. met. Yeah, yeah, the last one. Yeah, she had one in uh, in Mobile too. I think not too long after that. She did. I just couldn't. Yeah, make that drive. Yeah, it's like I, three hours. <laughs> yeah, I I totally understand. But that that one was a good one too. But yeah, she's she's great. Um, how is that? How you got involved with the actor factor was meeting Naraj through that. It's actually not. I kind of well. No, it is, because that's how I met him. I met Jolene and Adele through taking classes at AMC, or excuse me, A Class X Studio, which Mm -hmm. was kind of done in conjunction with AMC Talent. And uh, I went, he put out a call basically for extras that afternoon. And uh, I called him back right after the class and said, hey, you're starting in 30 minutes. I can't be there like an hour and a half, but will you need people later on in the week? And he said, sure, come on down. So I went and I did that, and then he started taking classes with us, and we all just got to be friends and started talking and kicking around ideas, and a few months later, it's like, hey, you know, there's not a lot going on here 
we should really just write our own parts and mm-hmm. do these characters. And two, it was such a good opportunity to play a different type. Like I usually, the, the projects I've done so far, I've kind of been the, the girl next door type, I guess, which is fine. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I get to, not, she's not a bad guy, but she's not a pushover either. So you're, you're kind of the, the tough one of the group, I guess? Externally, at least, yes. Okay. Yeah, because I like I've seen like the the photos of you know the main characters and whatnot on the page, and I I keep like <laughs> I look at them. I'm like, okay, Adele's the the nerdy girl. I know Jolene because we've talked with her, but I was curious what you played. So that's that's pretty interesting, actually. My character Allison is kind of a punk. Um, she does the you know mostly black heavy eyeliner, mm-hmm. teased hair, combat boots kind of look. She has some serious anger management issues. And again, that's that's a lot of fun. Oh, play. yeah. Uh, there are a few scenes where I actually get to demolish something, and I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. Take out my rage on some office supplies. But. Yeah, that, that's that's fun. Um, I wasn't there for the shoot, but there was, uh, I think it was the day before I was there, they did a, a quote-unquote cat fight between Marianne yes, and, and Jolene. Yes. And the footage was fantastic. It, it was so funny. I'm really watch. looking forward to seeing that. Unfortunately, I was not there that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the scene is hilarious the way it's written, though. Yeah, yeah. Naraj explained to me, you know, what it was like, and it, it seems like it. I mean, it's I, I like the concept of what you guys are doing because it's the whole kind of movie slash series within a movie slash mm-hmm. series, but everybody kind of has their own little play within a play. Yeah, little story going on. So it. it gives you a chance to really invest in all the characters that are involved, which I, I think is pretty essential. It is a true en- ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. You know, really, there's no part in it that's bigger than the other, at least not among the, the main five. Mm-hmm. Even Raj, who doesn't list him, his character as being you know, one of the main characters, he pretty much is. It's split very equally. And then you have the secondary characters, which still have really nice parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get some nice little vignettes when we get off by ourselves and some nice little introspective moments. And then you get the group together and it goes crazy. (laughs) Have you guys done anything with all the cast together? Like all the main characters? I have not yet done something with all the characters. The largest group group shot that I've done was myself, Naraj Adele, and Jolene. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually... Lisa was there too. I don't know if you've talked to her. I have not. Okay. Yes, Lisa Johns. She is playing the character of Lorianne, who's kind of the country girl that's moving to the new area and trying to get into the business. But um, she was actually there <laughs> holding the uh, the, board, the slate the slate for us. Thank mm-hmm. you. I need to work on my terminology. <laughs> I, I mess it up sometimes too. So the clacky okay. thing. I'm yeah. actually making hand gestures at the, the microphone the click like thing. it's going to pick it up. Yes. The the. <laughs> Um, but no, we filmed the scene where we were all meeting Raj for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the largest group that I've done, and that's that's a really funny scene too. Yeah, there, there's a lot of funny scenes. Like there, the day I was there, we did one with uh, Marianne and Jolene, where it's after their fight and they're eating donut holes. <laughs> they're at this little table and they've got this giant tray of donut holes, and I, I was running sound, and I'm just thinking those just look so good. I just wish the the boom pole had a little arm on it so I could just reach down, grab donuts, and just 
just start eating. Cause a little Mission Impossible guy hanging off the end. Is gonna... Yeah. <laughs> Pull out my phone and play the theme as I just shimmy down, grab the donuts, and leave. But no, it, it's I, I'm from what little I've been around, I think you guys have a, a really good group, and everybody seems to work together really well. So that's that's really awesome. We're all very different, but we have enough common ground similarities that we really complement complement each other yeah. at the same time. Yeah. What uh, like what have been some of the the highlights from filming? Like from the scenes you've done, how have they gone so far? I don't quite know how to say this because I don't want to give away. <laughs> well, you don't have to give away. I don't any. want to give away the scene. Yeah. Um, probably the funniest thing that's happened while filming was uh, it's actually written into the script, but seeing certain <laughs> cast member certain. Uh, Parts of a cast member's anatomy, which you don't normally uh, oh Lord. <laughs> see the light of day. <laughs> oh, I know what scene you're talking about. That, yeah. was, uh, that was a bit strange to work around. but um, Yeah, I, I was I was told about that scene. <laughs> the whole time so. you're just thinking, like, eye contact, eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, what's that out the window? No, I was, uh, my back was to the window, so there was oh. like, nowhere to run to. But um, no, it was it was very funny, though. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And uh, while we were waiting to film that same day, we were actually filming in a, an exercise studio that has uh, dance poles in it. So we were all like jumping on them and spinning around, <laughs> <laughs> failing miserably. That's awesome. I think I almost tore my arm out of the socket. But yeah, good times. Have you guys been shooting like a lot of the stuff you do behind the scenes? I'm really not sure. I'm usually kind of oblivious i'll be reading or playing with my phone or something talking to someone i have seen especially adele going around with a still camera so mm -hmm. she takes a lot of behind the scenes photos but i'm not sure about like a making of video because that that would be something that would be you know close to as interesting as the actual thing itself is seeing how it's yeah. made because i'm i'm a big special features fan oh, me too. with dvds like usually if it's a movie i've already seen i'll pop in the special features disc and like, Start watching like the behind the scenes it's stuff. Like when the Lord of the Rings, the extended versions came out with all of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah like it's, ten hours of things, and I was sitting there with my eyes bloodshot, glued to the screen. Yeah, yeah, probably the the best behind the scenes thing I've seen. Um, and people don't think highly of this movie, but Star Wars Episode One. Mm. It came with this little mini documentary called The Beginning. And it literally it did a very good job of going through the step-by-step -step process of how the movie was made. And it ended with this theater in Los Angeles and the movie was starting to play. Then it fades to that and then it goes to George Lucas at his house and he's starting to write episode two. And it's pretty awesome to because I, I remember how huge that movie was oh, because yeah. it was the first original Star Wars movie in like in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I remember got the marketing they had going on. I remember like, getting KFC takeaway meals and they had like <laughs> Star Wars. Everybody wanted... Uh, it was all over the place. Yes, everybody wanted something to do with yeah. Star Wars. And I can only imagine what it's going to be like when the new ones start coming out. Oh, God, I want to be part of it so bad. I don't think it's going to happen, but... Well, you never know. Yeah, it's like that and the well, Terminator movie that's filming right now. And mm hmm if I see an extra casting call for that, like I don't even care what the part is. I don't care if I get shot within 30 seconds. Like I just want to be on the set. Be on the set, yeah. Well, I mean, there's still uh, 
episodes eight and nine for Star Wars and yeah. also the spinoff movies. So there'll, there'll be, yeah, it, the years that there's a Star Wars episode not coming out, they're doing uh, spinoff movies. Oh, so it's going to be like the Marvel universe is expanding. Kind of, yeah. Like they're doing a, uh, one is a Boba Fett origin movie, which will be awesome. I hope they do a Han Solo movie because I think that would be really fun. Um, and there were they actually a number of books written back in the seventies that were based around him. Yeah, so that would be interesting to go back in some of those stories. I would really. Ha- Are you familiar with the Timothy Zahn books? Oh all? yeah. I really want them to make the Heir to the Empire trilogy into movies. I don't know how they can now unless they just literally CGI the lead three actors' faces. Grand Admiral Thrawn needs to be in oh, the movies, yes. and Benedict Cumberbatch needs to play him. Oh my. I didn't even think about that, but... There's a picture online of him photoshopped in the the white suit and the blue skin, and it looks amazing. Yeah, well, he's got got such an interesting facial structure, too. Yeah, and he's such a good actor. Oh, yes. Have you watched uh, Sherlock? I do watch Sherlock. Uh, That's one of my favorite shows. He was very good in... um, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I can't say that I really got totally on board with that movie because the whole time my brain was screaming, "This is not the con that I know." Yeah, know? but um, it was it was still it still had some very good acting in it. He just kind of takes charge of whatever scene he's in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hog the screen time. Yeah, but at the same time, you just can't help but watch him. He has that presence, but yes. he doesn't steal things away from it's other kind people. Of magnetic. Yeah, and the voice is very well modulated and very controlled. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of ironic in the second Hobbit movie that Martin Freeman was playing Bilbo and Cumberbatch <laughs> was the voice of Smog. That was a little weird watching that scene when he's sliding down the piles of gold and then they're talking to each yeah. other. And, yeah, I I love that scene mm-hmm. because the the Hobbit's one of my all time favorite books. So just seeing that unfold and just remembering reading the dialogue was just great. And Smog looked so good. Yes, yes, he did. I, I was. They did a good job of keeping his full appearance like a mystery until the movie came mm-hmm. out because I had no idea what he was going to look like. Oh yeah, like at the end of the first Hobbit movie when all you kind of see is the eyelid. Yeah. Yeah, and then he comes under the bridge, and he's just un- unrolling more and more and more dragon. You know, and you're just thinking, I yeah, mean, Bilbo's not even like a cocktail sausage. He's just like, yeah, he's like yeah, this, and he's, Smog's he's like this. Tiny, tiny little snack. Yeah, I saw it's a, great a scene. yeah, I saw a T-shirt once that had Smog with the Sherlock hair and the scarf, <laughs> and it said uh, the Consulting Dragon. Oh God, it's pretty awesome. I want to draw that now. <laughs> The one thing that disappointed me about Pensacon is I really wanted to get some type of Sherlock shirt, and they didn't have one. They, well, hopefully this next year. I hope so. They'll have more vendors. I'm not sure where they're going to put them. Yeah, I, I don't think they were prepared for that many people. It was amazing that uh, they definitely the infrastructure was not quite ready for like what was it like ten thousand people? Yeah, the Saturday was. That was the day I went. Yeah, yes. that that was brutal. Because they, they had to turn people away from being on the main floor because there were too many. Oh, man. Well, I know I was in the hotel and I was trying to find where the autograph room was. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy kind of looks at me like, oh, you poor bastard. And he's <laughs> like, it's in the stadium. Like, what? You know, and I'm hiking over there. And as I'm walking over in this group of costume people, 
people just driving in cars or stopping in the middle of the street and yelling at us, what's going on? What is this? So this next year, watch out because everyone is going to be there. Yeah. What's funny is uh, I, I was there as part of the, the film crew just getting highlights. Mm. And uh, one of the guys I was working with told me to go to floor two. And I was thinking that was the balcony. So I'm like, there's, he's like, go to floor two and just get, you know, some celebrity signing autographs or maybe talking with fans and whatnot. And I'm thinking, there's nobody up on the balcony. And then I go on the elevator and I hit floor two and the door opens and I'm seeing these, this long hallway with lines of tables. And I'm like, I didn't know this room was even here. I know. I was seeing parts of that place I have, I didn't even know existed. It's like a rabbit warren in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's... But where there's a will, there's a way. And there, just follow the crowds of people. <laughs> yeah. There there were... I will say I didn't have any bad uh, altercations with fans. It was pretty easy going for the most part. Yeah. Other than the, the huge crowds. That I've was really, pretty much I've it. I've really never had a problem at a con with fans. Not, I mean, there will, there will always be that one person... You know, yeah, and they're usually the person that's in line with you. <laughs> I, I heard stories, but I didn't but, personally have any dealings with it. Yeah, but for the most part, the whole community is—it's pretty self-policing. You know, everyone's there to have a good time. We all have things in common. Mm-hmm. Really, aren't a lot of troublemakers. Yeah, so, it was good. Yeah, but yeah, I was—I oh was so pleasantly surprised with Pensacon. I kept seeing more and more people signing up for it, and I was getting more and more excited and. And then I got there and I thought, wow, they did a good job. I mean, props to Kinematic. They handled it really, yeah, they, really well. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. So you had, uh, you had mentioned that you were working on uh, another short film that's, that's coming out. Is there anything that you can, uh, that you can say about it? Yes. Uh, there's a, well, I can say a little bit about it. <clears throat> it's, it has actually been completed now, and I believe the editing process is done. So it's only a matter of time. Till it's released. Uh, it's called Fidelity. I did it here in Pensacola with uh, Jeff Frame and Zach Kepner. And uh, it's just, it's a three-person cast. Kind of a short film. Turned out to be like a short film and a half. It's about 30 minutes. <laughs> so it's a medium film. And uh, it's, at its basic core, it is a guy that's cheating on his wife. But with a nice little sci-fi twist. Oh, nice. Yes. You always gotta love sci-fi twists. Well, I do, and I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we we've made that very clear that we both like geek and sci-fi oh, stuff. Yeah, I think. So. And these two guys, I mean, they did such a good job with it. I still don't know how they managed to get such a, a good product out of what we had because we literally had like four crew members, four or five crew members that were rotating. You'd have a few on each day, and you know, Zach's running the camera, and Jeff had to take over the part. Mm-hmm because the other actor wasn't able to do the project. And so he's like doing his scenes and then running back and rewatching what's on the camera and going back. That would drive me crazy. They they handled it remarkably well. And they actually, as far as the sci-fi element, they actually went and did the, uh, the Stan Winston online. Oh, cool. So when they told me that my jaw just dropped, I'm like, you know, so there's some that's really there's cool some neat little things in there yeah yeah well besides the the actor factor do you have any other uh, projects or anything that you're that you have in the works not that I'm sure of okay I've been talking to a few people but I I don't really want to 
jinx myself. <laughs> I, I completely understand. But uh, always looking for new adventures to go on. Yeah. So, so do you have any uh, social media for that you'd like to plug, maybe for the Actor Factor or maybe for yourself? Uh, yes, I do. We have an official website for the series. It's theactorfactorseries.com. And uh, we all have our bios on there, and you can go and see behind-the-scenes photos. And we have a blog also that we update regularly. All right, well, thank you very much for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. You are my first interview. Really? Really. I've been getting that a lot lately. That's really surprising. (laughs) Well, it's been a good experience. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Thanks again to Michelle Rhodes for coming on for that really, really fun conversation. And next week, we will be having the return of the Unicorn Wranglers here to promote their album Murder Mystery Night, and will also feature some behind-the-scenes jam sessions from their recording. And don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at DDiamondExp, Like us on Facebook, just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And that'll do it. See you guys next week.